Friends, welcome back. My name is Tiffany Pratt, and this is my love jam. By my side, my bestie Coco on the mic, doing the mix. Say hi, Coco. Yo, what's up? We're just over here in Toronto, Canada, meeting people, discussing our journey, and uncovering all the facts and the figures and the feelings about love. Love comes in many sizes, shapes, and forms. And I'm here talking to some of the coolest people I know all about their journey and the things that they do to bring love into their life. This is a podcast all about that. I want you to laugh. I want you to cry. I want you to write some things down and I want to inspire you because this is your journey. And this little bud in your ear with this wild pink haired woman in Toronto might get you going get you feeling creative and get you feeling lucky to live a more exciting and colorful life. So I love you now. I've always loved you. I'll love you later. So will Coco. I sure will. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to jam and we're going to share all about love. And a few other things. What other things, Coco? You know, life stuff. You're right. Life stuff. Let's do this. Tiffany Pratt and I are back for season three of The Love Jam. And Tiffany, who do we have to thank? You know, this whole thing, Coco, would not be possible without my friends at Delta Fawcett Canada. Absolutely. And without their support and their ongoing um, love, really, we would not be here. And it's been from day one, right from season one, right through season two, now into season three. Mm-hmm. They've had our backs. They've supported the message and they want to keep the love going strong in the world. And this is how they're doing it. So thank you so much. And it's not just about supporting the Love Jam, but it's it's about sending a message out to the people that listen to the Love Jam. So we thank Delta Fossa Canada for that. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much. Here we are. We're back. I am so thankful to say that we're starting season three. It's myself, Tiffany Pratt, my dear friend Coco, and our wiener dog, Poppy. We're in the studio, and we're so grateful to be talking to you today. Coco, say hey, what's up? Hey, what is up? And Poppy says hello as well. Coco has his own mic in season three, everybody. That's a big change. So we're going to hear more from Coco as time progresses. And so it is. You may hear little feet on the floor. And that's a miniature, smooth, chocolate-haired dachshund, Poppy. And uh, Poppy likes to chew things, and uh, she takes over the studio, right, Coco? She sure does. She takes over everything. She's taken over our lives. and uh, she's, we're, a- she's actually sitting on my lap right now. And she's climbing you, trying to get a big kiss. So and Give me kisses. So... All of you out there, we're going to start this podcast with dog love. If you have an animal or a creature or any type of pet in your home, uh, this is an amazing time to just let their love envelop you. So thank you to all the pets, animals, and creature love out there. And mostly for me, I want to say thanks to Poppy because she's our little she's our little love warrior, isn't she? She is. So friends, I want to start this podcast with my deepest love and affection for all of you. You're with me here today. You've been with me almost for two years, if you want to believe it, Coco. 
And yeah. can you believe it's been almost two years? It's been awesome, yeah. So now we're continuing our journey and I like to start all my seasons with a solo podcast. Um, and I always like to think of these solo podcasts as transmissions, sort of uh, messages that kind of come to me as I'm driving, as I'm showering, as I'm working, uh, as I'm living really. And I look at them as divine messages that uh, come to me and sometimes they feel so special that I think they're important to share. So often I'll go into these like, Coco, you, you see me do this. I just kind of stream of consciousness and I, I don't stop, right? Yeah, it's usually one take. One take. And I, I'm not sure how this one's going to go because there's so much information I want to share. I've been writing things down for so long. Um, but I just want you to ride with me on this one. And um, I kind of look at this message as uh, it's like a, a car that just wants to run or, you know, sometimes you just can't stop something. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, I have a singing bowl and I remember when I first bought it, I was looking for a singing bowl and I wanted a singing bowl that I didn't have to work too hard to get it to, to make a sound that spoke to me, that had deep resonance and a deep ring. And I want us all to feel like the singing bowl that just can't help but ring. So I'm going to hit the singing bowl here so you guys can hear just one little quick clang on the singing bowl, how quickly it resonates. And here we go. Oh, by the way, that's Poppy kissing Coco in the background. <laughs> okay. Here's my, here's my singing bowl. I remember the first time I hit it, it just had this resonance and it just wanted to ring. And that's sort of how I feel this podcast is going to go, is I want us all to ring. I want us all to speak. I want us all to feel our feelings and dig in to who we are um, without reservation. So I went to hear Sadhguru speak here in Toronto a couple months ago, and he said something right off the top. And uh, if anyone follows Sadhguru or knows him, um, you are familiar with some of his quotes. I think he's an interesting guy. Um, and one of the quotes that he's often quoted saying is, love is not what you do. Love is who you are. And I talk about the love jam. And when I talk about jamming about love, it's because love is who you are. So each guest that comes on this podcast talks about who they are and how they transmute love. And that's why it's called the love jam. Love isn't an action of what people are doing to do love. We are love. So being love all the time means different things at different times. But to get into that center unconditionally within ourselves and then unconditionally with others is a very powerful place because it has to happen often and you have to keep going back to the center. And when I say going back to the center, it's going back to our hearts and going back to what is love? How are you love? How are you being love by just being? And I think about that all the time when I'm out in the world and I'm doing my things. And uh, out in the world and doing my things can be different all the time, but often I need one thing to go to, depending on what's happening in my life to make me feel home, to make me feel centered, to make me feel love. And I 
implore everyone that's listening today to search within themselves in their life what that thing is. Because um, for me, it's quiet time. And in today's world, we could call that meditation. And I am a devoted quiet time or a devoted meditator. I need it like I need water. And I'm a big water drinker. (laughs) I need to be quiet. And I have devoted myself to a minimum of 20 minutes a day, if not 40 minutes a day, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night. And I sometimes do a hybrid of some of these meditations and I'll do 40 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night. And during different times of our lives, where we are, things can change. Always there's a fluctuation in the world, in our states, in our homes, in our families. We need to have something to go back to. We need to develop a personal practice. And if that practice is walking, if that practice is writing, if that practice is painting, if that practice is cooking, if that practice is music, I need to stress the importance of this practice so that no matter what's happening, you have something that feels like home that you can return to. I was just on a trip and um, I was gone for two weeks. And I continue, of course, with my meditation practice every morning and every night. But sometimes that's not enough for me either because I'm an artist and I need to paint. So I remember one day I found this paint your own pottery place and I just pulled over and I remember walking in and there wasn't a soul in the place. And the woman said, well, if you're leaving this week, I'm not going to be able to, you know, get you the piece that you're, you're painting today. And I said, I don't care. I don't care. I just need to paint. And I literally just needed to paint. I was by myself in this empty paint your own pottery place and I just needed to paint. And I left and I felt so much better. So please listen to yourself. Listen to who you are and what you need because it's never going to be the same as anybody else. And the same would be on the journey to your own health in whatever perspective that would be, if it's mental health, physical health, emotional health. We have to understand that these levels of understanding are onions that constantly are peeled back over the course of time. And time is such a beautiful fluid motion that because everything is happening so quickly now, we believe that our health and our mindset and our practice has to come quickly too. And it doesn't. Everything takes its own time. So it's about devoting ourselves to something on a regular basis. And wherever our attention and our devotion is, is where our lives are. And that's what becomes. I remember writing down something like, well, I'll get to that later, but the awareness is that all of it is one. The awareness is that everything that we're doing becomes everything that we're doing. (laughs) It's so perverse. Are you guys still with me? It's like being introverted and extroverted. You can be out in the world, but still in yourself. Or you can still be in yourself, but still out in the world. I am out in the world all the time, but I still just love going inside and being quiet. So we have to explore and appreciate and love the dichotomous nature that is this life. Knowing that this life is intended to be this wild friggin' roller coaster. We're all intended to explore our edges and make ourselves feel uncomfortable sometimes. 
and get in the uncomfort. And instead of just crying and kicking and screaming about it, just taking a minute and looking around at it all and saying, okay, this makes me feel this way. Because often we don't have permission. So I'd like to welcome you to my first topic of this love jam, which is permission. We often feel that we need the permission of others, the permission of our friends or our families or, or, or to feel a certain way, to act a certain way, to be a certain way, to have this job, to dress a certain way. And I don't want anyone to feel anymore that they need the permission of anybody else to be who they truly are. You do not need anyone's permission to be who you are. And when you get quiet and when you look around and when you see the life that you've created, and I look at life as fragments, every piece of our life is a fragment to our story, to the permissions that we've given ourselves. Every little fragment counts. Everything you've purchased everything you surround yourself with, the garments that you wear, the things that you write, the car that you drive, the plates you eat off of, the people you surround yourself with, the food that you eat, everything is a fragment to choices and permissions that you've allowed yourself to have. And these are also choices that you're allowed to change. Just because you once made that choice doesn't mean it always needs to be this way. We are allowed to change. When I help myself, when I allow myself to change, when I respect myself enough to allow the change, when I am joyful and excited to change, I'm helping myself grow. And if I help myself and I permit myself and I watch myself change, I'm helping others. Because often when you're honest about your changes, or the things that are happening with you, or permitting yourself to do something you've never done before, or understanding that it's okay for things to evolve, then a metamorphosis takes place. And when you are involved in a metamorphosis, you are changing. You've given yourself permission to sit in the uncomfortable cocoon and then explode. And when you explode, you're giving others permission to explode too. And this world needs so much more of that. You know, often I think when you need to sleep, you should sleep. When you need to eat, you should eat. When you need to create, you should create. I know deeply in myself that I have to follow that rhythm. And when I don't follow that rhythm, I am a mad woman. I am filled with madness. I don't know who I am when I don't allow myself to get quiet, to listen to what I need. And often those times when I don't allow myself to get what I need, I'll find myself waking up on the very first day off I've had, early in the morning, in my pajamas, finding something to paint, rip apart, cut, pull out, get, get nuts with, and just make an absolute 
riotous mess. And I look around and I don't know what I've done for hours, but I know that I just needed to get my hands busy and look at textures and pull things apart and paint something just because it's what I needed to do. This world is filled with madness. This world is filled with beautiful, beautiful madness. But this world is also filled with the kind of madness that takes things down. And I implore you to look at yourself and to get a hold of yourself, the light and the shadow, and accept them both in and know what each of them need in order for you to feel you are living your fullest life. And you've given all sides of yourself complete and other exposure and permission because that's how we really live. I want everyone to feel like you're really living. When you're really living, you're exposing the parts of yourself that you don't always want to see. When you're really living, you're feeling all of your feelings. You're not stuffing anything down. You're allowing yourself to be extremely joyful and wildly uncomfortable. You're allowing yourself to be frustrated and angry and happy and excited. And sometimes maybe all at once. But all of the feelings are meant to be felt. And all of the parts of you are invited to come out. So all of you is welcome. Every part of you is welcome. Every part of you has permission to be here, has permission to create, has permission to feel, has permission to be in this world, to bring your divine message out there to help us all. When we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, we're in a flow. And then when you're in the flow, people say things like, oh my gosh, you're so good at this. And often I don't know if anyone is really good at anything. I think when you're good at something, often it's because you stepped out of the way. You've gotten out of the way of yourself and you've let the thing that needs to come through you come through you to do the work that needs to be done in the world. You've let the darkness and the light converge, create a space to let alternate light work through you. Often I feel like I, when I'm in the zone and I'm doing my job or I'm creating something or I'm making something happen, it's almost like a part of me goes numb and I barely and almost don't entirely remember all the details. I know my body's in motion. I know I'm making things happen, but I know that there's an external source that's working through me to get something done. So I sometimes just want to remind everybody that we need to get out of our own way. I always like to remind all of us, myself, anyone around me, that sometimes we do our best work and we're doing our service when we get out of our own way. When we stop overthinking things, when we've given ourselves permission, when we don't take it all so seriously, when we know we're not alone, when we know there's a divine guiding light, that's when we're doing our work. It's not necessarily practice. It's not practice makes perfect. Yes, we could be doing something all the time and yes, it could feel like second fiddle all the time or it could feel like, you know, you're doing the same song and dance all the time. But when you step out of the same song and dance 
And when you let something else come forward and work with you or through you, that's when you know you're working your spirit, you're working your divine light. This is kind of the time where I want you to take a pause and have a cup of tea. And I want you to look up Shakti energy. Shakti energy is everything, really. Shakti energy is what they say is within everything. So it's physical matter and non-physical matter. So it's what you see and what you don't see. And it's interesting because there's an aspect of Shakti energy that always remains hidden until it's awakened. And when it, once it's awakened, it can't be stopped. And it's always awakened in ways that we're not expecting. But once it's there, it's like a spiritual evolution. And the evolution is often that we're combining our knowledge of all that is around us. It's like an electrical current that holds us all together. And I do want anyone listening today to know that there is an electrical current that holds us all together in a powerful force of love that we cannot see. And that collectively, we all need to know how that feels within ourselves to then know how that can feel with others and then to believe in the collective energy or collective consciousness so that we can truly know that no matter what, love is the strongest force and love can get us through everything. It's to know that this love force makes us all one. We are on a level playing field. Whatever I can do to help you, whatever you can do to help me or someone else is the most powerful thought. It's not about you yourself. It's about you and everybody else as one. And the Shakti energy wave helps us understand that there is physical matter and then there's emotional matter and then there's matter that you can't even comprehend. But it is all one. So I want you to try to close your eyes right now and to find out how love or this Shakti energy that you've looked up and that you know so much more about now, how that feels in your body. Because when you're bringing that life force and you understand how something feels, you know where you want to be and you have a baseline. This is something that I think about all the time, which is baseline. My baseline will be different than someone else's baseline and vice versa. But unless you allow yourself to understand how love feels, how health feels, how sleep feels, how creative spirit feels, how having a pleasing day feels, how peace feels, how anger feels, how everything feels in your body, you won't be able to have an appropriate baseline to have a joyful, happy life. So this is a call to action to understand who you are and how you can elevate your baseline, how you can feel things in your body so that you know how you need to feel so that no matter what happens, 
and what goes on around you, you know how to return to your source so that you know how to return to these positive feelings so that we can keep going back again to high vibrational collective consciousness. Let me bring it back. Let me, let me bring it back. <laughs> Coco, Coco is always my, my baseline. And uh, bring it back. I'm going to bring it back. I want you to look at your personal energy as your primary concern. So what you do with your time, with your body, with your thoughts, with your habits, with the world around you, with your home, everything has to do with the energy that you're putting into your life. How does that feel, Coco? It feels good. He's always the one that glazes over when I see that maybe I've gotten, as he would say, a little too esoteric. No, it's good. Um, I look at everything that I do, my thoughts or my actions or the space around me, the energy I put into what I'm doing, my work, my friends, my family, all of the particles that make up each piece of those things as my message or my prayer that I'm putting out into my world. And that everyone around me, all the things around me, all the things that I touch, physical matter, non-physical matter, people, hear the prayer. And the prayer is a prayer of love and complete devotion to wanting to live in my own um, peaceful, harmonious place. And that by me putting out that vibration, I'm casting that feeling onto everything I touch and everyone around me so that they can catch a little bit of that and then they can integrate that into their own life and their own grid of how they think and how they feel. What you do is what you become. That's how I feel. How you do things and what you do is what you become. So when I talk about choices and I talk about things and I talk about vibrations, all of these things collectively get into one big pot, one big stew, you put them in the crock pot, you let them sit overnight, and this is what you become. Does that help, Coco? Totally. And I'm, I'm actually, I've got a crock pot going. Right now? Yeah. It's got a little pork happening right now. So we're <laughs> got a little roast going. We're, we're, we're uh, smelling roast here in the studio. No, it all makes sense. I think I just want everyone to be a chief. I want everyone to be the chief of their own life that there's not going to be anyone else out there that's going to save you or help you pull these pieces together for you. So take stock, take a stand, and understand that you are the one. You are the one that's going to do this. You're the one that's going to make the change. You're the one that's going to inspire somebody. You're the one that's going to say something profound. You're the one that's going to create a movement. You're the one that's going to do something important. And if you believe that, you will be that. So often we look around at other people, 
So often we're looking around at everyone else around us. So often we're looking at at other forces and sources outside of ourselves for this word that I brought up earlier, which is permission. Permission to speak, permission to be, permission to think, permission to create, permission, permission, permission. And I ask that you be your own chief. Because we're always becoming. There's not a moment where the becoming starts and stops, that you can stop because you think you have become something and that this becoming has come to an end and now you can just live your life because that's not how it goes. We are always becoming. We are always getting in and out of the chrysalis. We're always flying and then falling. It's constantly happening. We're always shape-shifting. We're changing our minds. We're changing our attitudes. We're changing our looks. We're changing our homes. We're changing our friend groups. We're changing our lives. We're changing where we live. We are always becoming. So when you think that you've arrived, it's all about ready to start all over again. Helps us stay humble within these processes that we'll go through because nothing is forever. Everything will change. When you have a period in your life where you're looking at your things and you're like, is this ever going to end? Rest assured, it will end. I was looking at um, seeds in a package the other day when I was at the grocery store. And this would be when someone would be buying seeds to plant flowers or vegetables. And there's a package with a picture of these seeds on it. And then a picture of what the seeds will become. And often I think these seeds have no idea what they're going to become. These seeds are just in a, in a little envelope. And then they get planted under this deep, dark soil and they get wet. And then all of a sudden, boom, they start shooting off these little pieces and then they're germinating. And then before you know it, they're bursting through the soil. But they're, just because they burst through the soil doesn't mean they're ready. They're not ready. They're still becoming. They have no idea if they're going to flower or if they're not, if they're going to be a vegetable or if they're not how many colors they're going to have, how many petals. We don't know. We have no idea. But this concept really made sense to me because I often think we have to look at ourselves as this like interesting little seed in a package. We don't know how much fruit we're going to bear. We have no idea how many flowers are going to come from the seed. We don't know the colors. We don't know the variety of colors. We don't know who's going to see us. We don't know what garden we're going to be in. We don't know if we're going to get picked. We don't know if we're just going to stay where we are. We don't know. And these seeds are such an important analogy because we're all seeds. We're all seeds. And the cycle keeps going. And we have unlimited potential, but we have to think about where the seeds are going the grounds that the seeds are in. Think of yourself as a seed. How do you want to treat the seed? How do you want to grow? How do you want to see the world? This is an important little 
fun fact I had going through my head when I was going through the store. This is what happens to me, people. You know, this is what I'm thinking about. I'm holding this little pack of seeds and I'm like, this is us. We're these little seeds. And I feel like this reminds me of the same thing I hear often when someone's going through a hard time or it's a long winter or we've had a tough work season or something. And I hear people say, I just want to feel like my old self again. I just want to get back to my old self again. I just want things to be what they used to be. It makes me think. It just makes me ponder. Why do we want to be what we used to be? Why do we want to go back? And it's because it's comfortable and it's familiar. And we know that territory. But what if we can't go back? And what if we are going to grow? And what if the new territory will take over? And that will then too become familiar. And then we grow again. So it's becoming comfortable and familiar with the unfamiliar. It's a daily practice. And it requires us to know our current selves in the here and now, in this moment, to just hyper-focus on this moment and to know what we need right now to make us feel whole and complete because we can't go back and we can't go forward. We just have this second. We just have this moment. So what are we going to do now? It's going to help us hyper-focus on who we are and our joy in helping others. That's the most important thing. No matter what's happening, that's the baseline. What do you guys think about that? There's so much healing in the here now. We are doing so much healing here now because we're here now so we can do it now not later and not when we're away not when we're on vacation not when we have time off not on the weekend here now I have fallen victim um, in my life of giving myself time limits of after this weekend, I'm going to feel so much better. Or I'm going to give myself the night to sleep and then I'm going to shake this off. Or I just need a week away. Or I just need to unhook for a couple weeks and go, go somewhere else. Or I just need a long weekend. We need to give ourselves time. But does healing have a time limit? Is it only, only just going to take a weekend away? Is it only just going to take that one week? Is it going to take that two weeks? And what I've learned from myself and my process is that it's not working. I don't just need two weeks. I don't just need a month. I just need to be right with myself here now. Because I don't know if I'm going to get that two weeks. I don't know when I'm going to get that time. I don't know how much time I'm really going to need. I don't know if this is going to take two years. I don't know if this is going to take 10 years. I don't know how long this is going to take. So I know that right now I can do what I need to do to give myself permission to do what makes my soul happy, 
to get back to my baseline, to do the things that I need to restore myself so that I can then be helpful to somebody else. It's interesting because um, I think we can all agree that we give ourselves these false timelines. And I think it's time for that to stop. We have to stop looking at false timelines and we have to just start looking within and trying to get quiet in that place. And I hope we can all keep each other strong and stay there for as long as we humanly can because it's what makes a life is the here now moments with the people you have around you here and now. I keep going back to this fragment concept, you know, seeds. You, you can see where I'm going. I'm, I'm really digging into the minutia. I'm looking at small things because it's always the small things that make up the big picture. We hear it all the time. People say it all the time. You know it, but you don't realize it because you're making these fragmented decisions all the time. But are you conscious within these decisions? Um, I had this interesting revelation recently, and you're going to just laugh when you hear how I had the revelation, but it's when I was cleaning out my craft cupboard and I realized I have collected all of these little things and I had all these big plans for all of these little things. And I was putting all this stuff in this cupboard and I was packing it all away. And I packed the cupboard so tight, I forgot what I had. And I completely forgot my plans and I completely forgot I even had it. And then I had all these markers and I kept putting all these new markers in all these containers. And then I had literally 11 jars of markers on my counter, taking up all the space. So I just want you to kind of get the visual here. A packed cupboard of stuff that I bought, that I kept, garbage, whatever. I had all these big plans for it. Forgot I had it. All these containers of markers. The truth is half of them don't even work. I should have just tried them and thrown them out, but I just kept getting more markers, not throwing away the old markers and not condensing them into smaller territory to give myself room to create. So last night, I painstakingly tested markers and I actually got rid of seven of those 11 jars of markers. And I have so much more space. I went through all of the little artifacts of this cupboard and I got rid of so much stuff. I finally recycled the things I knew I was never going to use. I created sectional bins and I reacquainted myself with my plans. I reacquainted myself with the things I already had. We all have this. We all do this. If it's not your craft cupboard, it's your closet, it's your junk drawer, it's your garage, it's the sink, it's the area under your sink, it's your bathroom, it's your front hall closet. We all have so much and we all have so many plans. And I implore you, I invite you, I really want you to remember, uncover, tear it all down, look at it again, look at what you have and be inspired by it. Get rid of what you don't need to help somebody else and fall in love with your plans again. 
fall in love with what you already have. Fall in love with the ideas. Fall in love with the actions and the fun activities and the day trips and the adventures and the things you're going to create. Because that's what we can do here now that will make a life. We don't need to go out and we don't need to buy more. We don't need to look to others. We don't need to get external when internally within yourself and within your own space, you literally are sitting on a gold mine. I fall in love with mostly my ideas. <laughs> I just get so excited about what's possible. And what's possible with so little, that is the challenge and that is what delights me. I get so excited to think of how I can make something magnificent out of nothing at all. But we all have so much. We can all make something magnificent with all the cool little things we have, which is certainly more than nothing at all. And it's the reacquainting that I think is so special too. It's like introducing yourself to your old choices and your old ideas. Oh, hey, old friend. I remember you. I remember when I saw you. I remember how you made me feel. I remember the big plans I had for you. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to keep with those plans. I'm going to keep to that promise. And we're going we're gonna to do that thing. Everything is something. Everything has meaning. And I don't want you to forget that. Like I found, I don't know why I bought these things. They were pom-poms, I think, that had fallen off, tiny pom-poms, that had fallen off a trim. And I think the trim had been smushed. So picture these as vintage, fallen off pom-poms from old trim that had been smushed. These things probably should have been thrown in the garbage. They were available at a Notion store. Of course, I bought a handful of them because I love them because they were, they looked forgotten. They looked like no one would ever buy them. And those are the things that excite me the most is like, no one will think of anything exciting for you, but I will. And this is my invitation to you to save things. Save yourself by saving the things around you. And by saving the things around you, you save the people around you. You are the alchemist, the alchemist with your own ideas and your own concept and your own belongings and your own life and your own home to create your experience. So think of it as saving this one little plant. I love finding the weird janky little plant somewhere that I know no one's going to buy. I'm going to buy that plant and I'm going to put it in a special pot and I'm going to put it in a place of prominence. And it is going to flourish. I implore you, I invite you, I inspire you to think like that. So friends, I hope you're still with me. And if you are, thank you. But this is a very important time in our lives. An important time for us to stand tall and to stand in love. And love is the most important thing that I can think of. And that's why years ago, I wanted to create a love jam because love jam to me was about how people were love 
and how they brought the love that they are into what they did. And I want you to bring your love jam into everything that you are and everything that you do every single day. I want this to be a form of mental mantra that you're using when you're making your food and when you're cleaning your house and when you're hanging out with your kids or if you're with your spouse or if you're making something or if you're playing music. I don't care what you do, but I don't want you to forget that you are your own love jam. And you have to play that music to yourself. And you have to find the melodies that fit your jam. And I want you to really explore that and take the time because time is such a gift. We don't always have time in our lives to explore things. But when we do, we have to take time and explore the depths of the things that we want to avoid when we don't have time. So take the time. Here now, sing your song, give yourself permission, help other people be who they need to be by you being entirely who you are. Remember that you are the seed and you don't know what you're going to become. Stop buying containers for things that you don't need and start going through the stuff you already have and fall in love with the possibilities of your life now. I love you so much, and I am here with you. I am uncovering my own shadow. I am searching for more light. I am digging deeper in myself to be bigger and brighter, just as you are. We are truly in this together. But where I find strength, I give it to you. And where I find love, I'm going to send it right back. And where I dig for rainbows, I'm going to shoot you the spectrum. Because everything I have, I want to share it with you guys. So until next time, just know that I'll be aimlessly organizing my drawers by night, looking at my stuff, looking at my old stationery, sending love letters, and finding out ways that I can be a better version of myself and I can accept myself as I am in all of my darkness and light. Aristotle said it best, no great mind has ever existed without a touch of madness. And I invite you to get a little crazy, to have a little fun, to find your madness, to be okay with it, to create with it, to merge the light and the dark, to make a mess, to clean it up, to let yourself be and have and do what you need to do, even if it doesn't look like what anyone else is having, being, or doing. So I think we're going to leave it right here. I think we're going to leave it right here. I think that's it and that's all. Most important thing, I love you. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your most valuable asset, which is your time with me and my friends. I wouldn't be here without you supporting, commenting, and subscribing. So thank you so much. Delta Fawcett Canada, again, here we are, season three. What a ride. 
We would not be making this magic happen without you. And of course, the sexiness, the sounds, the music in the mix. Coco, you are the man. We are always together. And if it's not here on the podcast, you can check me out on my website, tiffanypratt.com, or you can check out my Instagram, at the Tiffany Pratt. But either way, friends, I'll see you on the flip side. I know we're gonna be together again, and I'm sending you my deepest gratitude and all the glittering rainbow love. Have an amazing day. I love you. Okay, bye.